this is Paul McGann and you're listening to the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. The Adventures this week continue all the way to episode 447 of the Five-ish Fangirl Podcast and this is probably going to be a bit of a obscure TikTok reference that maybe five people will get, but you like jazz? Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Five Ish Red Girls Podcast. Oh, glad you dressed. Let's start off like a jerk with the virtual table and see who's joined us this week. This is Chrissy in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello. Hello. Oh. Now, now, I have to say, as someone from Utah, when you ask if they, if someone likes jazz, you have to be more Yeah, specific. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I said yeah. jazz, not the jazz. Oh, I know, I know. So. <laughs> I spent a semester with the NBA, so I, I, I've got a handle on some things. She's got, she's got the lingo and terminology down. No, she knows. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, there's this. It's depending on like, what decade are we talking about. Yeah. Yes. No, there's this guy I follow on TikTok, and he's like a, a comedian, but most of his videos are of his four cats, and one of them's name is Newt. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's got Newt, Frog, Toad, and Doug. Huh. Uh, <laughs> ran, out, ran out of amphibian lizard things. well three of them are orange cats which means you know one brain cell between them and then Doug uh-huh. is a black and white cat but anyway he lives someplace where he gets wild animals out on outside his house sometimes and one of them is a stray cat that looks exactly like Newt so the cats, he does voices for the cats. So that's the premise of most of his videos is his conversation with the cats and he does all the voices. So, but the, the stray cat that looks like Newt, the cats have named him Terminute. <laughs> like a robot. It's a robot interloper trying to pass himself off as Newt, but his thing is with a really robotic voice. He's like, do you like jazz? So anytime I hear someone mention jazz, I'm like, do you like jazz? But it's, you know, an obscure TikTok reference, I'm sure. Unless you're in people who do voices for their pets talk. It's probably not what you've seen. Probably not. (laughs) Which that itself, I think it's a decent sized niche, but (laughs) doesn't mean everybody's seen everybody. So anyway. But yeah, anybody, anytime I hear the word jazz, I'm like, do you like jazz? <laughs> so. Anyway, my weird tangent. So, first up, the news. Got a lot of uh, awards-related news. So, first up, because, yeah, because we're getting our Oscar nominations tomorrow morning. Yay! Yay! Um, we also have the Razzie nominations. This these cracked me up. Oh my mm-hmm. god! I usually don't pay that much attention, but yeah, just reading the list. I mean, most of what's nominated, I totally get. 
Like, do do we need a tenth Fast and Furious movie? No. No. Um. Yeah, but we need the, the poo blood and honey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> does the majority uh, of the public want another Fast and Furious movie? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, they keep, I mean, they keep paying money to go see it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, my my particular favorite is the uh, some of the nominees in the worst screen couple category, which include any two merciless mercenaries in Expendables Four. Any two money-grubbing investors who donated to the four million for remake rights to The Exorcist. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel? Indiana Jones and the Dial of Still Beating a Dead Horse. Oh, and worst screenplay uh, includes Indiana Jones and the Dial of Can I Go Home Now? <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about that one. Hey, I en- I enjoyed it. I know Chauncey loved that one. In fact, he ended up watching it with his parents over Christmas break. So, oh, is someone cooking? Yes, he is. <laughs> someone, someone making a- toast and yeah. having a conniption. He's making, he's making pizza. So, okay. it's not a timer. Yeah. <laughs> In this house, it is. Oh. It, means the oven's been on, it means the oven's been on for more than five seconds so it's very sensitive smoke detector so i think it's more of a heat detector yeah. and just smoke. Toast. I, don't think, I don't think it would know what to do if there was actual smoke right like, what is this it's- stuff it's cold out sorry we're heating the place up yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) we don't want to kick on the furnace this is a cheaper way to do it yeah stop bugging me yeah really (laughs) so uh anyway so there's that we just keep on rolling this is the Equivalent of the train horn, folks. For those that have been around long enough, so. or, or the or, or my uh, fire station, uh, yeah, the fire engine yeah. roundabout call, yeah. Uh, so uh, on to other awards. We got our BAFTA nominations, which of course are the cross the pond equivalent of the Oscars. Um, with uh, Oppenheimer getting 13 nominations, Poor Things with 11, and Barbie with five. <laughs> um, and did not get nominated for Best best Motion Picture. So Barbie got the snub in that, uh, that category. So, um, and then everyone in the Best Director category is a first-time nominee. So whoever wins is going to win a, the directing BAFTA for the first time, which odds are it's going to go to Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. <laughs> so. Probably. Probably. So. But there is a that. So we'll see what happens with the BAFTAs uh, next month. So, 
Um, and I think and, and a certain uh, doctor is presenting or hosting, mm-hmm. if memory serves correctly. Yep. Um, and then we had the uh, first TV folks, the Emmy Awards, mm-hmm. which not really a whole lot of surprises there. Uh, you know, uh, comedy series went to the bear. Drama series, for the most part, went to anything related to Succession. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and a certain someone made history. Yes, in the outstanding variety special live, Elton John live farewell from Dodger Stadium. One giving Elton John an egot. <laughs> checky, checky, checky. Yes. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Very cool. Yes. Um, and then the a uh, few weeks ago, the Emmys did their Creative Arts Emmys Awards, which is like all the technical categories, essentially. Um, so, um, again, uh, you know, this is like your casting choreography uh period costume sci-fi fantasy costume all the stuff that makes these people look good yes (laughs) exactly pretty pretty much so uh you know sci-fi fantasy costume went to house of the dragon of course uh last of us won uh quite a quite a few for like prosthetic makeup which when you're talking about zombies of There's course, zombies. Yes. Yep. Um, uh, stunt coordination—that's always good. Outstanding stunt performance went to The Mandalorian, so that's good. Outstanding production design for a narrative program, half-hour length, only murders in the building. So there's that. Um. Uh, Miss Marvel won outstanding motion design. Uh, but, haha, outstanding musical composition for a limited or anthology series, movie, or special original dramatic score went to Weird, the Al Yankovic story. <laughs> that is quite the mouthful. It is. It is. But hey. Uh, Go, go, Al, and team. yeah, yes. But then it also won outstanding television movie. There you go. So yes, Weird Al was very excited. He slept with his Emmy. How he oh. did not accidentally poke his eyes out while. I was going to say those things are those things are kind of sharp. Aren't they, they are. Yeah, they look a little sharp and pointy. Every time I, I see mean, I, I those wings just look like you, you know. Yeah. I'd be putting marshmallows or cutting some those pool tubes. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah, the, the pool noodles. <laughs> the pool yeah. noodles to protect. Like you put a the stuff you put on the corner of your like coffee table so when you've got a toddler that's learning how to walk, yes. they don't bash uh-huh. their face in. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta sleep proof those things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but I thought that was really cool. So I'm like, oh, yay, weirdo. Good for him. So there is that. Like I said, we get Oscar nominations tomorrow. That's exciting. 
bright and early. I don't know who the poor suckers are that are going to have to announce them and look like they've been awake all day at like 5 a.m. Los Angeles time. Uh, <laughs> better them than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, speaking of award winners, that latest episode of Gold Standard in your feed, wherever you get your podcast, with the penultimate episode as Ooh. of recording with number 94, Coda. So we are now, now we are now at everything everywhere all at once. And Nick uh, has confirmed that we will be letting everybody in on what we will be doing post everything everywhere all at once. So obviously once we get this year's winner, we'll do it. But you know, mm-hmm. that's one film mm-hmm. we have the rest of the year to fill. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know until next year's Oscars, so <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, that, that's that's. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about everything all everywhere all at once. You know, we had some clunkers the last few ones. Where I'm like, uh-huh. I'm excited at the moment that we're you know quote unquote done or caught up with a really good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every once in a while, they they struck they they strike gold. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So that is the news. And then we got some feedback. Got some feedback from Shalane talking about the crown. Uh, she says, finally, we get to talking about seasons two through six of The Crown. Really enjoyed The Crown because it helped me become more of a British fan. Uh, she says, my British fandom is Harry Potter, Jane Austen, Shakespeare, The Spice Girls, Elton John, The Beatles, Queen, Sherlock Holmes, Andrew Lloyd Webber, One Direction, Downtown Abbey, Tom Holland, and Millie Bobby Brown. That's a lot of really good British stuff. So. Yes. It's definitely all British. Uh, she said, I'm pretty sure it was you, Rachel, that got me into British stuff more, even though you don't like Jane Austen or Shakespeare. Uh. Well, Shakespeare, given where she went to, given where she went to college. Yeah. I, I see where that, <laughs> yeah. where that happened. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're uncultured here in India. We're all about the race cars and the basketballs. Uh... <laughs> Hey, I will take a good Shakespeare or Jane Austen adaptation. Oh, yeah. yeah. I liked Romeo and Juliet. Romeo, yes. That one was fun. <laughs> West Side Story. Ten Things I Hate About You, you know. There's some good adaptations out there. That, you know. The Lion King. <laughs> Actually, yes. Yes. So. It's just yeah, actual straight up Shakespeare that I can't stand. So. Uh, so, but I did love Joshua Connor as young Prince Charles. He's another crush of mine. We were played young Princess Diana in season four is around my age. Speaking of season four, sorry, Shalane, I'm going to tangent just a little because uh-huh. I realized after the fact uh, we were done recording. I was kicking myself that uh, we were talking about all the cast changes and appearances of this that and the other person 
season four, uh, I forget what episode number it is, like six or something. Uh, I want to say Nick's, so, yeah. Yeah. Nick's cousin Janet, Dave Janet Sussman, who we interviewed on Golden Star. Oh. Uh, Academy Award nominated Dame of the British Empire uh, in Zanz and I's new uh, older aunt BFF uh, is in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> she plays yeah. a publicist. Uh, nice. So when one of the characters nice. is coming to talk about maybe doing a book or something, getting it published, she's the the person that he goes to. And I was like, wait a minute, I know that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that face, I know that voice. I was like, and that interview is yes. so awesome. I hope you guys get to have another chance to have a sit down with her. I'd like to hear yes. part two. Yes. <laughs> Yes, especially now that uh, she is forever uh, immortalized in a certain Star Trek captain's memoir. Yes. We'll talk about that in another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Does it happen to be the one that I messaged you about before we started recording? Could be. Okay. (laughs) You haven't gotten to that part yet, but you're getting close. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're still in the 60s. You have to get to the 70s. So Okay. I, I think I'm getting there. Slow but yeah. sure. Like I, I said, I could, close. I, could, I could steamroll through, but I want to take my time and savor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was just really wild to be watching The Crown, you know, several seasons ago and be like, wait a minute, I know that person. That voice sounds familiar. Yes. <laughs> I miss so Nick. I'm like, your cousin, she's in the crown. He's like, I did not know that. She did not say anything. So she kept that one close to the rest. Is it? Uh-huh. So, yeah. So go back, season four. Dame Janet Sussman. That is Nick's cousin. So, anyway, back to Shalane's feedback. I thought the Natalie episode of the series, they would show the Queen's funeral, but they didn't. Plus, I wish we had had William and Kate's wedding. It was fun seeing Claire Foy and Livia Coleman come back at the end. My favorite is Claire Foy. She's amazing at the start. I also love when the Queen was playing with her corgis. Makes me want to have one. <laughs> you have well, no idea. It happened. Yeah. Uh, let, let, uh, let us have a dachshund at one point. So, uh, yeah. Might be all right. Yeah, you got a farm. They are a herding breed, so if you have animals that need herding, oh, trust me, they'll herd humans. I bet you. Anyway. Well, yes, that's why. Yeah, you either need animals to keep them busy, or need another way to keep them busy. So, <laughs> well, sometimes it doesn't space. matter. The that's why I don't have one exactly. yet. Many people are like, you love Corgi so much. Why don't you have one? I'm like, because I'm aware of what the breed entails. And I do not, this is not a living situation conducive to that breed. No. If I just wanted a little like sassy lap dog, then yeah. Chihuahua mini pincher all the way. Yeah. You know, Yorkie or a poodle or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some of those like really small, you know, Irish greyhounds. Uh, you know, that would, 
totally work but yeah no there's it corgis need very specific living conditions and these are not it so we're not in any place to move right at the moment so spending an awful lot of time at the dog park (laughs) yes so believe me you will you will all know when the corgis are closer to becoming when i'm like hey i'm moving so until that happens (laughs) we bought a house 10 acres and a mule yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, she finishes. So yeah, they cast the best actor for the royal family because they did kind of look like them in real life, especially Elizabeth Debicki as Princess Diana. Um, and then she sent a quick follow-up email. It's just one line. I don't watch anime, so I don't know what the connection is here. So hopefully maybe you can explain it to me, Christy. She says, also I realize I can watch anime shows since I watch shows that are British. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't watch anime, so I don't know what the connection is there. I mean, I suppose there might be some some dub voice actors who are British, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like if you're used to hearing an accent then it makes it easier to hear other accents could be i don't know you'll that have to extrapolate that on on that to clarify that because i'm like yeah. Ooh. yeah i don't watch anime so i was like I, yeah, there's I, a connection there i've lost on yeah. me there's yeah, a, a slight was... tangent i discovered a new anime that just started on netflix that is interesting so far Delicious in Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> That's an it is an, title. It's an anime that it has a D and D twist, okay. but one of the one of the members of the party is like a chef, uh, <laughs> and and it's just like okay, well, with this mess, if we do this and do this and do this, chop this up, add those seasonings, cook this. Here we go. <laughs> right. And they only have they've only there's only three episodes out, and they're they put a new one out every week, but so far, two episodes in, two thumbs up. <laughs> Alrighty then. We have to. We have to uh, get our Netflix, net, get a temporary Netflix subscription once it's all out and watch it. Yeah. Because yeah, there's some. As long this is this is this is going to sound maybe maybe a bit sacrilegious. But I gotta say, I'm getting kind of tired of isekai. And for those who do not speak Japanese or know what isekai means, isekai means another world. And it's basically somebody from the modern time, well, modern Japan, getting, you know, they die and are reincarnated or they get, you know, some cosmic wedgie happens and they end up in a fantasy world that (laughs) operates on video game logic. The first few that I watched, I'm like, hey, this is kind of fun. And now I'm just kind of like, okay, we're done now. (laughs) <laughs> this, uh, this is not, this is not that. <laughs> and I'm done. Yeah. I mean, when you get to the put... where it's like you got reincarnated as a vending machine in a fantasy world, I'm just kind of like, oh Japan, <laughs> I yeah. love you, but oh Japan. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to figure out what Oscar what she meant by I like British stuff, so now I can watch anime. I'm like. Uh, okay. My guess is it has something to do with accents, but that's... That, that could too. be. That's could sense, be. So. Eh, whatever. I don't know. Uh, the logic of youth. 
Yes, and sometimes, sometimes her logic jumps <laughs> quite a bit. Not that that's a bad thing. Just takes some no. of us a, a, a minute or two to catch up. Yep. Well, either way, we appreciate your feedback, Shalane. Yes. So. As always. So, moving on to uh, this week's main topic, warning, earworms. Earworms are having a plenty. Yes. Yes. And some potential not safe for work imagery, depending on what you where yeah. you yeah. consume things. So for uh-huh. the most part, I believe YouTube has the censored version. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I know which song you speak of. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So we are going back to the Queen catalog with the album. Yes, and there's a lot of good songs on there that are on the from the great on the greatest hits album. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It is. It and is there, really cool. there, there are some there are some songs on here where I'm like, you know, this may not been a hit and well known, but this is a pretty catchy tune. Yes, this is the actual first Queen album I ever listened to on vinyl. Mm-hmm. So when I was growing up. Yeah. <laughs> So the the um, recording of this album is a little um, uh, bonkers. Uh, yeah, because they had um, supposedly uh, they attended uh, the they didn't have a, a title for the the album yet, but they were working on songs. Um, but and they were starting to do rehearsals and you know songwriting and cleaning stuff up figuring out this that, and the other thing y'all know um mm-hmm. and uh that was july 1978 uh the month before queen got a really big tax bill uh-huh. <laughs> and realized that they needed to uh they hightail it outside it. the uk as quickly as possible uh-huh. <laughs> The, 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 the scene from uh, the Muppets caper, uh, here's their options. What do you want to do? Sneak out in the middle of the night? Mm-hmm. Very popular choice. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, the, the, the bill was to the band as a whole, but specifically, um, uh, they, they needed to do it uh, for Brian and John. Because Brian was getting ready to become a dad for the first time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and John was expecting his second child. <laughs> so they didn't want to end up in jail while they got mm-hmm. some fresh children. Uh, yeah. So uh, Brian took off <laughs> um, to Canada. Which I guess the Commonwealth, the tax issues do not extend to the Commonwealth. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and then everyone else went to Nice, which is in France. Um, and then Brian eventually joined them. Um, and while there, they attended the Montreux Jazz Festival, which is in Switzerland. Um, and that's where they likely got the inspiration for the title of the album. And while they were there, they happened to run into David Bowie, 
like you do. Um, he was working on his album, Lodger, um, and he told them he, that they should go to this particular studio in Montreux. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where they, they ended up going to. Um, and um, they did preliminary recordings. Um, they started full production the day after the jazz festival. Um, and uh, they went, they just worked there. Although Brian's birthday happened to fall during that. So they went to uh, the, to the 18, watch the 18th stage of the Tour de France, which likely inspired bicycle race. Uh, and uh, if memory serves, he might, Freddie might have been in the bath. <laughs> Yes, composing this, take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) Yeah, popular story goes. Yeah. Uh, So they spent a few more weeks in Montreux uh, working on a handful of songs. Uh, They took a few more days off to celebrate uh, Mr. Taylor's birthday, supposedly trashing the hotel room (laughs) in the process. Freddie was reportedly seen swinging on a chandelier <laughs> decades That's before Sia would do it. Uh, Not surprised. So, take that, Sia. Happy yeah. cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, they moved back to France, um, where they went to a different studio, and they would spend the rest of the month working on songs. Uh, finish overdubbing in September, mix the lead single before sending it to New York for mastering. It was completed in middle of September. The mix the rest of the album, the beginning of the beginning to the middle of the month. It's officially completed on the 14th of, of October. Released 10th of November, 1978. So, so yeah, this is this is very much. I mean, I think we say this for every Queen album, <laughs> but it is very much like. You can just kind of close your eyes and listen and be like, okay, I know who wrote that. Oh, I know who wrote yep. that. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this one's Roger. This one's Freddie. This one's Brian. That one's most definitely Deaky. Yeah. There are, there's, there's uh, a few instances where they seem like uh, you're kind of hearing chords that you've heard elsewhere, but I mean, who, you might as well copy yourself. Right. You're one of the greatest right. bands of all time. Or copy someone, copy the greats. Yes. I mean, yourself. Um, <laughs> exactly. But it's it's definitely an eclectic mix. <laughs> still yes. Oh yes. Of song styles, something something Queen is known for, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily having a cohesive theme throughout an album there's a few exceptions but mm-hmm. a lot of their albums it's all like okay we're doing this now um that being said you get like what one two three four five six seven eight nine songs in of the 10 of dozen 13 ish uh 13 tracks and it takes like a really sharp left turn and i was like okay we're doing this now and it like Uh goes right back to where it was kind of going so you know usually it's like it's not a straight line but you know maybe you got some gentle curves maybe Uh the maybe you know roundabouts that where you have to take like the second or third exits 
Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not extreme yeah. until you get to this one particular track, and then it's like, oh, okay, we're going a completely different detour here for a moment. Yep. So. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, this being the seventies, we are talking records, albums, yes. sides. Uh huh. Yes. So, side one. Um, it starts off with Mustafa. Yes. Which um, when I first heard that, it's like, oh wow. Yeah. Well, and it like it starts like calm. Mm-hmm. And then it picks up. And if you're listening, you know, with like I was in my car, which has a really good stereo system. <laughs> so when it picked up, I'm like, ooh. Yes. Uh-huh. It, it cooks. <laughs> it cooks, yes. Yeah. Because I, 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 I was waiting for you ladies' reaction to this one because it's just like, like I said, when I hit, when I put the vine, when I put the needle down on that and I heard those opening for the first time because, and my dad had a pretty sweet stereo set up at the house I was mm-hmm. growing up in before we moved. And yeah, <laughs> same thing. It's like, Ooh, I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, definitely a nod to Freddie's heritage. Oh yes, heritage, most definitely. Some of it is gibberish. Yes. <laughs> Not all of it is proper Arabic or Persian. <laughs> right. Uh, some of it is just gibberish that <laughs> mm-hmm. sounds kind of Persian. um but yeah uh and because this because it starts off kind of quiet and then builds up it feels like it's building up to something and they would use that to their advantage on tour so they would use this kind of as the build-up into like bohemian rhapsody mm-hmm. instead of just like you know Ending one song and then going right into, you know, Mama just killed it. Yeah. You, you use this, especially because it's talking about, you know, Allah will, you know, will pray for you and mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So going into this, you know, the story that's told in Bohemian Rhapsody, it kind of makes sense. Although sometimes they would also use it as a lead into Hammer to Fall, which tells which... a completely different story, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it fits. It fits. <laughs> it's all about the build-up. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's not a it's not a super long track, um, but it it's nice. It's a nice start, you know. It, it just you know, starts off very calm, kind of works its way up, and then it's like ah, uh, and then we get into Fat Bottom Girls. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the transition is like okay. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think there's really any good way to transition into fat bottom girl. So nope. uh, you know, you just kind of nope. run with it. Yep. So <laughs> but uh oh fat bottom girls. It's so catchy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know. Um you know, it's it, it's kind of one half of a twofer kind of duo short story-ish with bicycle race because they reference yep. each other 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So second girls will be riding today. <laughs> yep. So. Um. But uh, yeah. And it's just like <laughs> I mean, what can you say about a song called "Fat Bottom Girls"? Girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's what it says on the tin. Okay. It's, exactly. It's. Freddie singing for you know from the perspective of a guy of a guy that mm-hmm. likes his girls with some meat on their bones. Uh-huh. Yes. Which, yeah. you know. Now we all that's... we all know and love the meme that says mm-hmm. astrophysicist Brian May yes. postulated mm-hmm. that the yes. that the tur- that the turning of the world does indeed revolve around, you know, is is powered by fat bottom girls who is assisted by by Mr. or you know, Mr. F. Mercury. Mm-hmm. And it's never been disproven, so now it is fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Because Every single time I... Several iterations. Of yes. It. When I come across that one, it's like, okay, it's been a while. Reblog. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and those of us that have a little more junk in the trunk can appreciate being appreciated. Yes. So, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. So, <laughs> but it's still just funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, and of course, that's it's been um, that that's a uh, uh, the song that's been covered quite a bit they used it on glee they used it in the glee life tour uh i know because i was there um you know queen with adam lambert it's been part of their set list according to michael mckean (laughs) it was the influence for the song big bottom and this is spinal tap (laughs) not surprised (laughs) (laughs) yep so uh so yeah uh uh although it's written by brian so (laughs) but yeah as christy was saying you know it's been scientifically proven that uh, Mm -hmm. he 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 would know so that's that it's his thesis as a physicist (laughs) fat bottom girls he knows Mm -hmm. he knows what he's talking about Mm -hmm. not gonna i'm not gonna argue with him Nope. You got the got the credentials over me. So yep. um, he's, he's got the doctorate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and then uh next up is a jealousy. Mm-hmm. And by Freddie. Nothing Freddie would ever know anything about jealousy. <laughs> And I love the almost sitar strings. Yes, because it, it's it's not. It, a yeah, sitar. it's almost it's like a, a Harrison. Modi- it's a modified acoustic. Oh wow! Yeah, Brian, uh, yet they, again, it, pulling yeah, out the stuff. They replaced the bridge. Um, uh, changed the the flat, and then put a fe- piece of fret wire. Hmm. Um, in it, uh, among this, in between the flat and the strings, uh, which gave you the quote unquote buzzing sound that sounds kind of like a sitar. So, um, 
Yeah, so the, it's not a sitar. It's a clever dupe. Yep. Something mm-hmm. that they've done before because uh, they did they used it on Queen Two with uh, White Queen. Okay. White Queen, so. Uh, and, and just just as a bit of trivia, um, similar thing happened with the piano guys, although that was by accident because uh, uh, Steve Nelson they were on tour somewhere or go you know traveling somewhere, and he had his cello. Well, it got it got damaged in in transit. transit? Ooh. Um, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't bad. In fact, it started sounding like a sitar. So that was uh, one of the they did a, a, a music video um, covering an, an an Indian song for you know from India, and they they got a, a lady to to dance. Uh, do an Indian dance for them on the on the music video. It's actually pretty cool. I'm tra- I think it's called like "Don't Worry, Child." Now I gotta look it up. But yes, that can happen. Mm. That story has a meaning to that. Mm. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Billboard said that the effect made the song sound Beatlesque. Gee, I wonder mm-hmm. why. Yep. <laughs> Certain Mr. Harrison, maybe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that, um, and then <laughs> bicycle race. Yes. <laughs> yeah. From a slow jealousy into that. Mm-hmm. Again, really not a good way to. Uh, easily move from from one to the other so it could have it kind of should have been you know well, and, the, and the fact that bicycle race just you know it immediately starts with bicycle bicycle which you know is one of my i don't know if it's necessarily meant to be a gag but to me it is it's one of my favorite audio gags mm-hmm. in the first season of Good Omens after yes. they hit Anathema with the Bentley yeah they put her in the Bentley to take her back to the village mm-hmm. and you just see her sitting in the back looking very confused and immediately the car kicks into because the car only plays the queen, queen yep. and immediately starts playing bicycle and I bust a gut every <laughs> single time yep. Uh, uh, I was just like, why couldn't you play that right when the bicycle was coming so we would have had a little warning? Like, hey, nope. look! <laughs> no, that's not how the Bentley works. She's, nope. The Bentley is like the TARDIS. She's going to do what she's going to do. Yep. Because yeah. it should have been Fat Bottom Girls Bicycle Race. Should possibly jealousy, but hey, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that that's... Uh... Every time, every time they put anathema in the back of the Bentley, and then it's just like bicycle. I just I bust a gut every single time. It's such a good gag that I don't even know if it's meant to be a gag, but it's hilarious to me. Uh, so um, obviously written by Freddie uh, after they watched uh, some of the Tour de France, um, and. Uh, it's essentially a guy singing about how he doesn't care about 
like politics or religion or pop culture or anything. He just wants to ride his bicycle. Maybe with some fat bottom girls. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if the music video is any, anything to go off of. Yeah. 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 So, like I said, if you go to YouTube, uh, I do believe that because they, they do have because there's more than one version of the of the music video, right? Uh, but the <laughs> the imagery <laughs> that most people yes. equate to this one, uh, there is a uh, censored version, and then I do believe that that is the version that is up on the Queen YouTube channel, uh, mm-hmm. so that all of the TNA is oh, right, yeah, digitally covered, uh, yes. <clears throat> but yeah, speeder blur. Yeah, as it were. The, the music video was a bunch of models, mm-hmm. um, all professional models, sixty-five of them, in a bicycle race at Wimbledon Greyhound Stadium, buck-ass nude. <laughs> yep. and, uh, and and I do like. I, I think this is this is a story on the thing. Is it? The place they rented the bicycles from didn't actually want the bicycles back. <laughs> yeah, I think I yeah. remember hearing that. Yeah, and then yeah, what I saw, some... what I saw is they had to buy the seats. They uh, could rent yeah. the bicycles and the bring the bicycles the back. Yeah, you know, the, the wheels, the, the pedals, the handlebars, the bells, and all that. That was fine, but all the seats they had to buy and keep. You, you keep. <laughs> yeah, you, you keep them. Yeah. Well, I think too there was also something with the um, inside packaging too. <laughs> when yes, the album there first were got there released. were some packaged <laughs> versions of uh, whether you bought like a particular version of the album or the single or whatever. Yeah, there was a fold out image yep. landscape of all the women on their bicycles waiting to start <laughs> their bicycle yep. race. So yeah. So yeah, that that amuses me because it always it always makes me think of, and this is the why Beatles. they were friends. No, this is why this is this is why the, these people ran in the same social circles and were friends. Uh, Monty Python, in Monty Python and the Meaning of Life, uh, one of the segments when they get to talking about death is this guy has has committed a crime or something and is the punishment is death but he gets to choose the manner of his death and therefore he is chased through like a rock quarry by a couple dozen topless women wearing like knee and elbow pads and just like little slinky bikini bottoms but their boobs are free and they're chasing him, and eventually they chase him to a rock cliff, and he falls over the cliff and dies. That's how he chose. That's how he chose to die. So it's in the same manner of humor. So it's like mm-hmm. hey, there's a reason that these people knew each other. Yeah, yeah. Kind of friendly. <laughs> so that and that just British humor. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they say British humor's dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just not watching the right the right stuff, man. Nope. Yeah. Oh, not at all. So yeah. Yeah, so but yeah. <laughs> uh 
it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the in the single, some of the singles that were released where the B side is crazy little thing called Love. It's a woman, a single woman on a bicycle. She's got a very teeny bikini red bottom on, so you can see some of her butt crack. Um, and then I guess in the U.S. they added like a, a top, even though you can't see her boobs, but you can tell she's not wearing a top, so they put a top on. Photoshop. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I, and it, the, uh, um, uh. What really amuses me is you get to like the bridge where you would expect maybe like a a cool guitar solo or something. No, it's it's bicycle bells. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Singing away. And I wonder how much fun they had doing that. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Reliving some childhood memories. Yeah. <laughs> I could I could just imagine someone bringing in like a box full of just different types of bicycle bells and the guys going through them to see well this kind of sounds like an A flat if you you know (laughs) this one kind of sounds like a D. (laughs) Yes. I think I think my favorite part of bicycle race because you know this was this was the era like. All like music all had to like have some sort of statement. They all your musicians. Yep. So many of them were just making comment commentary about world events and politics and whatever. And then there's Freddie. He's just like, I do not care. <laughs> just yep. let me, he, he's let me he's taking the Mickey out of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think there's even an interview. In fact, I know there is where. You know, he like someone point blanks and I'm like, what are you trying to say with your music? He's like, nah, I'm not a John Lennon. I'm not a this. I'm not a that. I don't. I just want to make music and and entertain. Mm-hmm. And, and meanwhile, John Lennon is also like, screw them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're like, what are you trying to say here? And John's all like, I'm gonna mo- the, write the most ridiculous thing ever and let them try and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try to synthesize. <laughs> yes. I think they're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Like, it's not that deep, people. Nope. Sometimes it's just a, you know, it's just a silly song about a bicycle race, you know? Uh-huh. You got a song about loving their car. Exactly. And you're about, bike, you know? Roger. Yeah. yeah. Like, really? Just. Yeah. Just, just have fun with it. Yeah. It has to be, you uber serious. Yes. Yes. This isn't. This isn't. You know. This isn't Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh. And then uh, pent ultimate uh, song on side one, which is this is one of those ones where it's like I don't think this really became like a big hit, but I was like I kind of like this song. If you can't beat them, join them. Yes. If you can't beat yes. them, join them. Yeah. Which is a. John Deacon composition. Mm-hmm. Um, although Brian plays all the guitars, even though John wrote it. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun song. I like it. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know this one that well. That must mean it wasn't that popular, but I kind of like it. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and then the last song on side one, Let Me Entertain You, which of yes. course, written by Freddie. 
Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have to hear that one to know it's written by Freddie just by the title. Oh. Right. <laughs> so, a lot of references uh, in this one. Uh, yeah, we'll sing to you in Japanese. It, it mm-hmm. you know, they dropped the name of Electra and EMI and Gary Stickles, who was their tour manager at the time. Mm-hmm. So, Rock a la carte. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. End of 284. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Well, let me flip the album over to side two with Dead on Time. Mm-hmm. Brian May. Uh um excuse me, which Mercury, Freddie, doing what Freddie does best, hits the highest notes in his register at a C-sharp five. Which, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I know Freddie's vocals, and it's like, I'm pretty sure if I tried to hit a note like that, I'd make the dogs in the neighborhood start (laughs) laughing. Right, like a glass or something. Yeah, kind of sounds painful. <laughs> unless you, unless height. you got the vocals to do it, which right. not a lot, yeah. of, not a lot of people have people that do. sort of range. Friends, few people that could hit notes like that. So, especially not dudes. I'm just just gonna yeah. say, it. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you listen carefully. The song ends with the sound of a thunderbolt. Uh-huh. In the album liner's notes, the thunderbolt is credited to God. <laughs> <laughs> it was recorded by Brian on a portable recorder during a thunderstorm, but they credited it to God in the liner notes. <laughs> well, I mean, how else are you going to get one? Exactly. <laughs> really determined. Like, I mm-hmm. need this. I need this. It's going to sound perfect. Mm-hmm. Got the right ones. So you just gotta wait for there to be a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. There with the with the the tape recorder, and you know you you can you can record you know dozens of them, and you're just like, no, that just that one just doesn't sit right. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, well, that one's closer. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is the perfect one. Welcome to the world of Foley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking if another life somewhere that I probably would have been a Foley artist for film and television. Well, can't leave it all to God. Uh, <laughs> he helps sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is yeah, uh, is uh, John Deacon's other contribution to the album in only seven days, seven days. A, yep. like story type song about this guy who goes on mm-hmm. vacation and he sees this woman and he goes back to the same location the next day and she's not there and he's sad but then <laughs> goes back the day after that she's there yay uh, and you know he by the time that his weeks of vacation essentially is up you know, he's fallen for her hard and she's like sorry mm-hmm. you know yeah can't 
go with you. We we don't have anything beyond this this place and this time. And yeah, you know, he's very sad about it. He's like, it only took mm-hmm. seven days for me to find mm-hmm. this great love, and I can't keep her alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. I mean, yes. like sad, but you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a tragic love story. So yes, very much. Uh, uh, this is another one of those turns where you have the "you're dead" thunderbolt bang, and then we just yeah, ripped into yeah, like this said, one. Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a turn, but it's not like <laughs> oh my god, you know, I'm losing control of the car. Right. Uh, yeah, you're just kind of like oh, you know, there's a pothole there, gonna veer around it. <laughs> right. uh, don't want to bust a tire. So right. Dreamer's ball, which oh, is Brian Mason's tribute to Elvis. I love this. Oh. This Elvis had died the year before, in 1977. Uh, so, um, which you know, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 pretty. I mean, I didn't it didn't necessarily evoke Elvis no. when I first heard it, even after reading it. You know, it's like this is supposed to be a tribute to Elvis. I'm like, oh, I still really feel like it's a tribute to Elvis. It just kind of, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's Freddie, right? You know, singing about going, you know, to this, this dreamer's ball, you know, and I'm envisioning, you know, like right. the masquerade ball from Labyrinth, you know, exactly. I mean, uh, I, I would say a crazy little thing called love is more of a tribute to Elvis, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but that's just me. <laughs> Yeah, it makes Brian feel better than you know, more power to him. And then this is where you lose complete control of the car. Is this road you're driving down? <laughs> Just takes a real sharp turn off a cliff into a ravine of disco. <laughs> yeah, with fun it. Yes. Like, there's this, like, you know. Only, you know, in only seven days, you know, it's this, you know, sad love story. And then Dreamer's Ball, which is kind of this, you know, ethereal type fantasy kind of feel to it. And then it's like 80s, late mm-hmm. 70s, early 80s disco electronica track. And I'm like, okay, we're going here. Yep. All right. <laughs> sure. Uh, thank you, Mr. Taylor. Yeah, this very random. It just like compared to the rest of the album, it's like you know, it just one of these things is not like the other. (laughs) I mean, I don't hate it. No, but it just makes it like this should be on like Hot Fuzz or something. Yeah, Hot Space. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, this this was the beginnings of that. Yeah, yeah. it was a thing, and they were like, "Hey, we're popular," and you know, sometimes mm. you know people, you know, you get you know, people will be criticized for quote unquote selling out, but it's like at the same time, it's like uh, we want to get paid, right? <laughs> we want people to buy our, our music, so yes, yes, we want we mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. Money. Yes. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. 
but it's just like the, as, as I'm just driving along in my car, and I'm like, "Wait, did my did my Spotify just break? What happened here?" Like looking at as, as nope. one, one, like, one did I end up in hot space here. Man? Yeah, no. did it accidentally oh, hit yeah. the shuffle without me? Yeah. <laughs> as one reviewer I watched some time ago said, "Queen would have played polka if they if they had gotten paid." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but what amazing polka it would have been oh that yes true and they would have been that dressed up to true. the nines in the polka garb i'll tell you that much mm-hmm. yeah. so not wrong I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna judge yeah <laughs> but it was just like come out of left field here like okay <laughs> this is the thing we're doing <laughs> Yeah. And then you go, and then you finally get control of the car again, and you finally corrected it, and you end up with a ballad. Yep. By Brian. Leaving home ain't easy. Easy, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, that is not some random woman doing the bit in the bridge. That is Brian's voice sped up. Hmm. In the yep, so <laughs> so if anyone's like, oh, you know, the woman's not credited for this track. There is no woman on that track. That is Brian. Sped <laughs> up, given given the chipmunks treatment, but in this case, to make him sound like a woman. Uh and then another one of my favorite Queen songs. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. Which probably is the of the the mess the well-known songs out of this off of this album. This one's the one that probably gets played the most mm-hmm. even now on modern on modern radio. So yes. Uh, it's been used and commercials. Yep. Yeah, okay. it's been used in commercials. It's in Shaun of the Dead. It's in uh there's a the the speaking of jazz, like twenties jazz-ish version uh in Mummy on the Orient Express. Oh yes. Yep. Uh so yeah, this uh it was a song that gets it pops up a lot in different uses, so Every time, every time I hear it, I'm like, I don't know. I'm always just surprised to hear it for for whatever reason. Just it ends up in the most random places. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, yeah. But it's so much fun, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> well, okay, look at this. I'm not expecting it to. Yeah. To and there it is. I'm like, okay, I'll take this. This is this is good. Yep. Um, um, although originally when they were uh, working out apparently Brian was not that huge a fan because he thought it was uh, promoting uh, Freddie's hedonistic and risky lifestyle uh too much, too much sex, drugs, and rock and roll. As, as uh, 
happen. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now that it's been used at like weddings and funerals, <laughs> right. he's come to appreciate it a bit more. So. Yeah. Um, well, I guess when you're like concerned about your friend, you're kind of right. like, uh, what is you know? Mm-hmm. Is this is this is this a, a good idea? But you know, right? Yeah. yeah. Either way, neither here. I neither. like it because I is. think it's I think it's fun. You know, it's like I'm having a good time. Don't you know? Don't stop me. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the last track is like, it's a track, but it's also like a. Here's a reminder of some of the stuff you just heard on this album, right? Type thing. <laughs> like, here's a quick reminder of some of the little stuff recap. That, little recap. So it's more of that jazz. Uh huh. Written by Mr. Taylor. Yeah. Uh, um, he plays most of the instruments, sings all the vocals. Uh, but it also has clips from Dead on Time, Bicycle Race, Mustafa, If You Can't Beat Them, Fun It, and Fat Bottom Girls. Um, yeah, among other just kind of sounds. So it's like it's a it's a track, but it's not necessarily a song, right? Because it's not like a medley or something like that. It's just kind of like. We need to defill these last like centimeters of groove in this part of the of the record. So what can we put here? Let's yeah. just put what we already did and call it a day. We're yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it costs a small fortune to print these things. We're gonna get every square centimeter right. on this plot of plop of vinyl when we can. We we got nothing. Let's ask the drummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's the tracks uh, on both sides. Uh, they released four singles: uh, "Bicycle Race" with Fat Bottom Girls on the other side, so it was a double A side, um, which includes uh, the <laughs> um, uh, the the fold out. <laughs> mm-hmm. The bicycle, the all nude female bicycle race. Um, uh, then uh, Mustafa was released only in Bolivia, Spain, Yugoslavia, and Germany. <laughs> with Dead on Time as its B side, except in Yugoslavia. In that case, it was in only seven days. Uh, Don't Stop Me Now, slash, more of that jazz. Um, But um, it's Don't Stop Me Now, more of that jazz in the U.S. and Canada. Elsewhere, it's in only seven days on the B-side. And then Jealousy, Fun of It, uh, was released in the U.S., New Zealand, Brazil, USSR, and Canada. Except in the USSR. In this case, it was Don't Stop Me Now. On the other side, so. Uh, and of course, they did a tour for this particular album, a jazz tour, their sixth headlining concert tour. Um, they went to North America, Europe, and Japan. 
There were four legs, 79 shows across North America, Europe, and Asia. Um, uh, Rolling Stone. <laughs> Rolling Stone said uh, of the band's uh, Halloween concert in New Orleans, when they were launching a U.S. tour in support of their jazz album, Queen threw a bash in New Orleans that featured snake charmers, strippers, cross-dressers, and a naked fat lady who smoked cigarettes in her crotch. <laughs> oh. Interesting. So. Of course, anything that Rolling Stone has to say, we kind of have to take with a grain of salt. Grain of salt, yeah, exactly. Considering <laughs> the review that they gave of this album... In 1979, mm -hmm. when Dave Marsh of Rolling Stone panned jazz as, quote, more of the same dull pastiche from Queen, who said he displayed elitist notions with some of their musical choices and lyrics. Marsh said, fat bottom girls treated women not as sex objects, but as objects, period, the way the band regards people in general, and finished by, and finished by famously tagging Queen, quote, the first truly fascist Rock band. Okay, uh, I, I have a question. Um, yes. Has, any, has anyone heard of Dave Marsh? I have. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the thing is, <laughs> the uh, thing is my, my point is, I, yes. don't know, I don't know Dave Marsh from a hole in the ground, but I know who Queen yeah. is. So yeah. yeah. Well, and in, in 2016, to their credit, Rolling Stone published their list of 10 classic albums Rolling Stone initially panned. And this was one of them. And they actually poked fun at his negative review, saying, sometimes a reviewer just seems to have a really, really low opinion of a band, which seems to be the case with Dave Marsh and Queen. Yeah, well, let's just put it this way. Dave Marsh was kind of in the who's back pocket because he wrote their... <laughs> biography i hope i die before i get old uh -huh. so consider the source okay fine but yeah i i i, I yeah i when i read that when i heard about what them it's like mm, buddy damn yeah. fighting words <laughs> oh critics yeah mm -hmm. like, really fascist yeah like you keep using that word, it does not mean what I think you think, what you it, think it means. Yes, exactly. Uh -huh. The more things change, the more they or stay, they the, stay same. the same. Yep. Yeah, you got it. <sighs> yeah. So not everyone hated it. Uh, I mean, some some uh, reviews were were lukewarm. Some people really loved it. Um, uh, louder sound ranked it the fourth best uh queen album they called it some of the most satisfying moments in queen's career so um so yeah you know it uh it uh it did okay you know it uh you know it didn't hit number one anywhere in the charts uh, you know, that's not the end of the world. It did hit number two in the UK. Uh, so, you know, that's not, not, not too bad. Six on the US Billboard 200. Um, 
In the U.S., it is certified platinum. In the U.K., it's certified gold. All right. Uh, platinum in a number, number of other countries, including Canada, the Netherlands, and Poland. So. You cannot, uh, cannot complain about that. So, and they did reissue, there's a, a, a reissue in, uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um. So once uh, Queen's association with EMI ended, <laughs> uh, they got a new record deal with Universal. Uh, so all of their albums were remastered and reissued in 2011. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the deluxe edition includes five additional tracks on the separate EP. Mm-hmm. I have the deluxe editions of, I think I have all of them. Mm-hmm. One way or another. So yep. they're, they're they're great and there's some yeah yeah goodies yeah yeah but i i'm on my master playlist on spotify i it pulled from the original album plus the two bonus tracks from the 1991 hollywood Records cd reissue which right. which has a remix of Fat Bottom Girls and a remix of Bicycle Race. And the remix of Bicycle Race is definitely a remix. <laughs> it yep. is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is, the both are very 90s. Sound. Yes, 90s remix, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, bless their hearts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's not a bad, it's, it's not a bad album yeah it's it's uh it's uh you know considering that they were um looking at uh jail time for tax reasons uh <laughs> quickly had to leave the country <laughs> so they, they didn't could, do too shabby <laughs> i think they put together a pretty good album and obviously yeah. they, they figured out a way to uh uh you know continue to work with yep. uh yep. granted their next album releases a live album uh and then yeah. after that is the game which was recorded in germany so it's not like they're headed back to the uk to record anything anytime soon uh <laughs> <laughs> but I had to wait for the heat to die down a little bit <laughs> yeah a little bit so yeah. you know at this point they're they're well into their career this is their seventh album mm-hmm. so um you know uh yeah you could they could have sat on their laurels and just made more of the the same but no they they did what they do where Mm -hmm. they yeah they they stretch themselves they do different and interesting things you know whether it's different song styles you know obviously the album art in this case uh it's based off a design that brian saw on the Berlin Wall, <laughs> piece of graffiti on the Berlin Wall, uh, supposedly. So, um, yeah, the album before this was News of the World with mm-hmm. everyone's favorite scary robot. Just with a friend. Yes. Just with a friend. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's. There's still a lot of um, 
a, a lot of a lot of queen for us to cover. <laughs> oh yes, and I am looking forward to the it. Photography yes. is uh, we well, I think maybe we've done what a third at this point. Yeah, yeah, probably. So. And we've hopped around a bit, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have. So, well, I mean, you know, we, we release as many albums as they did over 22 years. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's good stuff. Even even the stuff oh, yeah. that isn't uh, their best, it's still it's still good. It's still fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still a good time. So, we'll keep going. Yes. Anyway, anything else we want to give it a listen is all I got to say. Yep. <laughs> I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Even if you don't, even if it's not an album, you're like, I'm going to listen to this from beginning to end all the time. Even if you just want to listen to your favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's, there's obviously there's three very recognizable songs on there with yes. Isaac Fat Bottom Girls and Don't Stop Me Now. Um, but some of the others are are not bad. Uh, right. On there. You know, Let Me Entertain You is, yes. is quite fun. And I, 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 I like If You Can't Beat Them. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a sleeper. Yes. So. Sure. Awesome. Plus it's just Queen. Yes, of course. Awesome. It's kind of like Doctor Who. Yeah, we'll take yes. even mediocre Queen if it means we Any get Queen. Queen is good Queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so if any of our listeners want to chime in with their thoughts on this album or anything else we've discussed today on this episode, um, send us some feedback via our email which is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com you can also get to our or visit our website which is the fiveishfangirls.com you can leave a comment there or on our social media we also have our show notes uh links to like youtube and facebook and all that great stuff we have patreon if you would be so kind as to help support the podcast if you can um, it all goes back into the podcast with all of with the expenses that kind of just happen because we're podcasting. Yes, podcast mm-hmm. requires a little bit of funds. So, but uh, you know, whatever whatever you're comfortable with doing, um, but you know, whatever that is, we just appreciate you listening and commenting, interacting with us wherever it is you do so, and uh, yeah, just grateful to have you along. For this bicycle ride. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I'm wearing. Nice done. <laughs> I'm going to ride a bicycle. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I like bicycles. I haven't mm-hmm. owned one in a very long time. Again, once I'm living someplace where it makes more sense, I will have one. So, I even plan on getting one of those. those uh, Covered trailer things you could attach the bicycle back of the bicycle. Most people use for their kids. Uh, You're gonna use it for the corgi. You know the dogs are gonna go in there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. my brother rode around in one of those. 
when he was a kid. I was, I was always jealous because he just got to ride. He didn't have to pedal. <laughs> like, how come I have to do all the work and you just get a sit? Yes. Now <laughs> <laughs> any cycling I do is on a stationary bike at the gym. Uh, which, you know, still exercise. Uh, and there's Wi-Fi. But anyway. <laughs> Things you didn't know we'd have in the future, Freddy. Uh, with mm -hmm. that, we shall sign off for this week. This is Chrissy saying goodnight from Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Proof that Freddy will stretch himself for lyrics because we know he does like Star Wars because when he's yeah. not riding a bicycle, he's riding Darth Vader's shoulders. Exactly. Thank you, our five-ish fam, for joining us on this week's Geeky Journey. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Stay connected with us on our website, the5ishfangirls.com, and follow us on most social media with at 5ishfangirls. Plus, check out our nonprofit, Fangirls Give Back, to see how we're making a positive impact in our community. Until next time, stay nerdy and let the squee continue.